1: we good <laughs> just gotta make sure you never know that was you know? my
0: retroactive um audition for ghoul school
1: i think i have a good shot at it <laughs> oh i want to play the werewolf what does she do she just growls Ow. Ow. oh I raw, feel like raw, that's, raw. yeah i feel like that's what she does
0: bam i'm good i don't remember what any of the other characters do except for maybe no. the ghoul the and ghost I, laughs
1: doesn't oh. she she's like <laughs> that's, like doesn't yeah. she like giggle a lot she's like <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody. Welcome to Ghoul <laughs> <cool> School Talk. People <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what Ghoul cool School is, but they should know. We have Scooby-Doo on the brain, though, for a reason. Right. Which yeah. we'll say now. Yeah. Uh, we were a guest on a podcast. Hey. It was a great one. Um, it's called The Great Transylvanian Bite Off. Um, I'm pretty sure you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, they're great. They have an Instagram. You should follow them uh it is a podcast where they watch every movie that has dracula in it no matter what the franchise movie is whatever or, or
0: how brief dracula is or in it. how
1: brief dracula is in it and then they rate that movie but not the movie they rate dracula yeah. on like very specific things oh
0: yeah i still have the scales yeah let's what are the scales um, humor and charisma fashion sense intelligence combat score shape-shifting a Miscellaneous, a miscellaneous which we decided what which it was. we gave ours a special yeah. one. And then Grand Entrance or Exit.
1: Yeah. So we did that, um, which is why we were thinking about Scooby-Doo, yeah. because we watched Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, <laughs> which had a great Dracula in it. I kept giving him high ratings. Kate was not. Spoiler alert. I'm discerning. I won't say Draculas. how much, but everybody check it out. It's going to be such a good episode, I think. Oh, yeah. I just want to say thank you to those oh, sweet boys for letting so us. so sweet be so chaotic we just came in like a chaos wrecking we came in hot and they were like okay (laughs) (laughs) but uh i had fun i hope they had fun and everyone check it out it was such a good episode
0: yeah this Um, comes out on sunday and theirs comes out yeah on friday Friday. yeah Yeah.
1: so theirs is already out by this time so you definitely can listen to it um yeah and that's why we're talking about Ghoul School. But yeah. that's not the movie we're doing. Nope. What movie are we doing this time? We're doing Insidious. Yee. Yeah. Which I always get confused with sinister. sinister. Yeah. I had to text you like four times. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck are we watching? Oh, I had to check the spreadsheet multiple I times. Know! Every time I was like, yeah, Sinister, I remember that movie. Can't wait. And then you told me it was Insidious and I went, oh. <laughs> yep. I was a little less excited. They're both just descriptor words for bad. Exactly. So I was just like, scary, okay. <laughs> scary movie, chick. <laughs> Got it. But talking about Insidious, um... Which was made in 2010, I believe. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, we'll talk about how we liked it later. Yeah, um, it was sure something. We'll, we'll get to it. Uh, but here's some fun facts about it first. Yep. We've been gone for two weeks and I genuinely am like, how do we do this again? How Hold does, on. How does work? Everyone bear with us. It's been two weeks and we had a lovely time. Hmm. Um, directed by James Wan. He was the co-creator of Saw and the Conjuring franchise, which we've already talked about. So much, a whole month of it. Uh, He also directed Conjuring uh, in Fast and the Furious 7. Oh, and Aquaman. Oh, I did not know this. I thought that he was just like, yeah, I do horror movies. Uh huh. No, Fast and the Furious 7, apparently. (laughs) Uh, which was great. Uh, and then it was written by Lee Winnell, who also wrote Saw Dead Silence, which is that weird one about the the puppet. I've never seen it, but it was a scary puppet uh, Insidious chapter two, but then he directed the third. Mm. So he like started directing. Um, and then he also did the Invisible Man from 2020. Oh shit. Okay. It's a really good movie. Lee's also in it. Uh, not really? Invisible
0: Man. Sorry. He's in Insidious. Is he? He's Specs. <gasps> Is he really? Yeah.
1: Okay. That's great. Um, yeah. So he, he like started directing and when I saw that he did that, I was like, okay, oh, that's pretty fucking good. I yeah. actually love that movie. Um, it's, you know, it's good stuff. I hate the what's-her-face as a Scientologist, but listen. Yeah, Elizabeth Moss. It's a good movie. I haven't seen it. I it's anticipate good. that it's a lot. It's a lot. It's definitely heavy, but it's definitely yeah. good, yeah. you know? If I you like if you like a nice little uh, revenge flick, it's fun Oh, stuff. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Um, and then it was, uh, wow, I didn't write what this person did. I just wrote their name down. Luckily, I remember, but I just wrote their name and Is it Oren? What? Is it Oren? No, 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 oh, no. okay. Because he produced. <laughs> No, 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 no. This was uh, David M. Brewer and then John R. Leonetti, which we know John Leonetti mm-hmm. because we've talked about him before. The mm-hmm. other person I could not find information on, these yeah. are the cinematographers. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I couldn't find a ton of information on the other cinematographer. I don't know why. Very strange. Hmm. But they appeared to be working together for this. But I did get information on John Leonetti, who we've already talked about a little bit because he did Annabelle. I believe mm-hmm. multiple films within the that makes Contra sense. universe. But he also did The Mask. Oh. Which I love. Oh. And the Child's Play 3. Oh. So I've I don't think I've seen I've seen none of them. Okay. I like the first one quite a bit, but I don't remember the third. Mm. Um, but the mask? Now that's a classic. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Does that have the guy that's Ace Ventura? Okay, I got it right. The guy that does (laughs) Jim Carrey? Oh, the Grinch, yeah.
1: i hate it because you're not wrong <laughs> like you're right like well i haven't seen the mask or ace ventura i only have seen him in it's the crush fucking tr- good okay listen okay. i mean it's probably not aged well or done well probably wasn't great when it came out but funny um, the music was joseph Bishara, uh which we <laughs> this is the name i think i had to dub in yeah. this is yeah' I've, we were just talking about the one time where I said someone's name and just didn't say it and had to dub it in later mm-hmm. was this guy so we've talked about him before mm-hmm. uh, he also did like conjuring uh, mm-hmm. dark skies and he did the new movie malignant
0: Ooh, that was The one also, that I haven't
1: watched because I missed it. It's really good because it's James Wan directing, but I believe it was written by his wife. Oh, I shit. think his okay. wife was just like, yo, I want to write a Buckwild movie. Yeah. And he was like, I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I love you for that. <laughs> so I think that's what this was. But um, yeah, and then the budget, which we talked about this a little bit before too. They were like, oh, such a tiny, yeah. teeny budget. It was 1.5 million. Yeah, that's very Bloomhouse. Which, yeah, which is very like, Small, yeah, ish, but not not teeny it's tiny. It's no witch. Exactly, like when I hear small budget, I picture movies like that. But I guess or like
0: Paranormal Activity, right?
1: But I, I guess it is true that this is a small budget yeah. compared to other big ones. Yeah. Um. But do you want to know how much it made, or do you know how much? it made? Oh, I haven't the faintest. Do you want to guess?
0: <sighs> Are we talking about the franchise or just the first one? I,
1: I think it's just the first one. Ten million. Uh, 99.5 million. I was close. You were close. No, I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I will accept that it was close. It's close. You'll accept a lie. Thank you. Yes, (laughs) of course. Um, and then unfortunately I don't have a ton of fun facts. I couldn't find, I tried to find stuff on like production, but there just wasn't a lot. It seems Mm -hmm. like it was kind of a straightforward like production of like, "Eh, here you go. It's a movie. Yeah. So there wasn't anything too wildly special, I don't think. Um, but principal filming only took three weeks. Wowza. Yeah. So, I mean, it is filmed in only, like, two locations, I think.
0: Yeah. Two so, houses.
1: So, yeah. So, it's not like in they had a, a lot of places to travel. I believe it was Los Angeles. mm mm-hmm. um, So, yeah. Like, obviously, they didn't have to travel. Patrick Wilson, yes. I think. He said that, like, it was a lot of late nights. Yeah. But he said he, like, didn't mind, I guess. He was like, when you're making a movie like this, a small budget. And I was like... Okay. I guess... Um, but specifically, my one fun fact, one uh made this film because he wanted to show people that he could make horror films that weren't like high violence and intense, like you know, gore because he made Saw. Yeah. And apparently nobody wanted to work with him because they were like, that's kind of a lot. (laughs) And he was like, You fucking watch. (laughs) He's like, I'll make a movie without it. And I think he did. I mean, I'm not saying that this movie is like my favorite, I'm not saying I love it, but coming from Saw. That's a pretty cool jump,
0: yeah, you and I have talked about this like off, pod, yeah, but basically this was kind of his like, look what I can do, let mm-hmm. me do the conjuring
1: pretty much, yeah, I think it was his way of just being like, please, please, I don't only make this wild, nasty shit, <laughs> um, but I think that's cool that he can do both because I, I have... actually don't hate saw. I have never seen like you know all of them because mm-hmm. there's like twelve or something I have seen wild none of number. Them. I will say the first one is very good. Mm-hmm. I don't like torture porn movies at all, mm. but this has some kind of. It is just weird. The plot is weird. There's a really cool twist, so I, I actually like the first one. I will Maybe say that we'll one's pretty good. It. We should cover Saw yeah. I, for sure. I have seen it. So. first and second are both pretty good. They're just a lot, mm-hmm. but first one's pretty good. I can dope. Okay. Um, it's got the guy from a uh, Princess Bride. <laughs> Wesley <gasps> oh okay I love him I know he's pretty great uh, it's wild to see him in a situation where you're like no my boy
0: <laughs> what's his name I need to find it
1: oh it's Carrie Ellis. thank you because yeah. I always get stuck on his last name I know I like Ellis. when I first saw saw mm-hmm. I was like this guy looks so familiar I wish I knew who he was and this was like back in the day when it first came out and then finally my mom was like oh that guy that's Wesley I was obsessed with him as a kid. Oh, yeah. So no wonder I was like, I know you from somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) It's because I was in love. And it makes sense with your pirate anxiety. Uh, (laughs) I was so upset. (laughs) I'll never be a bandit. I'll never be a pirate. And I think that's bullshit. Never say
0: never. But it's fine. Never say never. Just don't say you will on the podcast because that could be uh, legally binding. (laughs)
1: True. Okay. I will never be a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And now I know I have to give a goddamn summary. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Child accidentally astral projects directly to a demon's house. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Mine is slightly longer. Well, fine. Like literally, like maybe a few words longer. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very short. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I've had my qualms with Rotten Tomatoes summaries, and I do have qualms with this one too. I don't know why I'm saying that. I liked this. <laughs> so, parents take drastic measures when it seems their new home is haunted and their comatose son is possessed by a malevolent entity.
1: Oh, shit. Okay, that was easy as hell.
0: Yeah. I just think it's misleading, but also it's not revealing the twist on purpose, right. like, so it's, whatever. You know,
1: I get it. You know, who would see astral projection coming, you know? A <laughs> few people. I certainly didn't. I forgot about it. Like, the whole time mm. I was watching this because I've seen it. Yeah. I was just like, Okay. Oh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then it's got Darth Maul in it.
0: Yeah. Uh, in my notes before I remembered Darth Maul's name, I put who's the freaky
1: Star Wars guy? <laughs> it's got that
0: freaky Star Wars guy, everybody
1: <laughs> I every time he pops up on screen, I'm like, I know you're supposed to be scary, but. but. About <laughs> <laughs> your
0: lightsaber, babe. Where'd it go, babe? <laughs> you you okay? lost it? Is that
1: why you're cranky? He's just pissed looking for his lightsaber. It's like, it's like I know I put it here. Kid.
0: It's because you cleaned and you moved it.
1: <laughs> God. Never move a demon's lightsaber. No. We've learned one thing mm-hmm. from this movie. It's that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that, is that it? Is it time? Yeah. It's been a long time that I'm kind of like, am I forgetting something? I don't no. think
0: so. No. <laughs> Wait, no. time.
1: We did fun facts. We did, we did guessing facts. the budget. And we did summaries. So Yeah. It's I think it just feels short because there yeah. weren't a lot of fun facts. Yeah. But... I gave my sick summary. Yeah, we heard another sick summary. Uh huh, uh huh. It's nerd corners. Huh? Okay, I bet you have no
0: idea what I'm going to cover. <laughs> I, maybe I don't. Okay, so for a while, I considered discussing the use of negative space in horror films. Ooh, yeah. Sorry, that, that I have that noise that, that came, came out, came out, out of me was of your a soul ghoul. <laughs> school school audition it's yeah that's just what that undermine me it's cool Whew. uh but then i realized that the negative space is better described with visual examples mm-hmm. and this is an audio media right so primarily so tough. i'm not going to dedicate a whole nerd corner to it mm-hmm. but i'll keep it in the hover part and i'll right. probably upload examples in the extended show notes oh yeah okay of, like screenshots and then highlighting what positive and negative space is right and i'll talk about it a little bit later love that so now that we've done the traditional what is nerd corner not. Yeah, what is it not? We can focus on what it is. What is it? So I struggled a bit. Yeah. Because looking back at this movie a decade later, it doesn't feel incredibly unique. After right. all, we're quite familiar with Juan's work on haunted families and the conjuring. Oh my God, you're right. He loves a haunted family. He loves a haunted family. And even if we look at the side of it's not the house that's haunted, it's your son, that's not new either. Paranormal no. Activity did that just a few years before. Right. And that was Oren Peli was the producer on yes. this, and he and did he produced this. Okay, so the narrative also follows pretty much the same path as Poltergeist. Yes. Oh my God, I know. So a mystical woman is brought in to figure out how to save a family who is at their wits end and also down one child. Uh, <laughs> Just down one. <laughs> down one. <laughs> we lost them. We'll we benched them. Him. <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> uh, one of the parents has to enter an unpleasant and dangerous world to bring that child back. And obviously there are differences between all of these films. Right. But I didn't feel like Insidious was covering something unique. No. So that's why I wanted to look at what unites these movies. Ooh. Yeah. Children
1: in danger. There we go. Yep. <laughs> all right. I was so sure I was like, all right, maybe she's gonna talk about like astral projection and yeah. Children in Danger. And it's gonna it's gonna go places. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, hell <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: These are the articles I use. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> Guys, she's holding up so many.
0: <laughs> there are three. Uh, these are my primary sources for like the
1: I'm gonna hide my notes. The historical stats. <laughs> my handwritten page of notes on a scrap piece. Of, don't look at them. Don't. Keep your eyes away. <laughs> That's enough on each <laughs> one. Look at them. She's fucking looking.
0: <laughs> Anyway, I'll get the most obvious part out of the way in terms of, like, the children in danger trend. Right. So it's adult fear. Yeah. We've talked about that trope before, and it's basically just the mundane fears that adults have in life, especially when it comes to the safety of their children. I'm always scared. I'm always scared. But most of the movies where children are targeted by demonic or otherwise sinister forces really focus on the purity and innocence of children. Right. It's just a kid. They're innocent. They're all shiny and new and vulnerable. It makes it all the more heinous for them to be targeted by the demon, and the juxtaposition makes us realize how evil the bad guy is. Right. But there was a podcast I listened to. It was either American Hysteria or You're Wrong About. Both are Mm -hmm. excellent podcasts. I highly recommend both of them. Couldn't remember which one it was. Both are great,
1: so. (laughs) I
0: looked for a while trying to find the episode, but then I was like, maybe this was a common thread across many episodes. Right, so it's like, oh, shit. And then, surprisingly, when you try to Google American Hysteria with children, uh, you you don't usually get the... Results you're looking for probably not no. Yeah. Anyway, they talk about the history of children in society. Mm-hmm. Children as young humans have always existed. However, some True. scholars argue that the feeling of childhood and the values attached to childhood are socially constructed. Okay, so I want to dig into a few of those theories and perspectives. Ooh, whoa, I don't know why this is blowing my mind. It's it's funky. I'm gonna reevaluate my whole life as okay. you should. Right? Yeah, no, every episode. <laughs> So I want to start with the person that folks usually cite first, Mm -hmm. whether in reverence or division. Uh, Oh, no, I was going to look up how to say it. It's a French name. Say it. Uh, So the American version of this is Philip Aries. Philip Aries. Uh, The French version is probably Philippe Aries.
1: I thought you said berries, so you're doing really well. So
0: berries had this idea.
1: (laughs) I love you berries.
0: Go berries. (laughs) Uh, In the 60s, he published a book originally in French with Mm -hmm. a translated title of Centuries of Childhood. Mm -hmm. In that book, he examined medieval depictions of children in order to infer the societal valuation of children at the time. Yeah. So he was like, what can I tell about how they felt about childhood and children by these paintings? And he reasoned that because they were often drawn and painted the same way as adults, proportions, expressions, etc., but at a smaller scale, he thought that children were just smaller adults.
1: Or that they thought that. So it is a common thread that in medieval paintings they could not draw a baby. Mm-mm. There was something going on where people just could not fucking draw a baby. No. They also couldn't draw owls, cats, dogs, or birds. But that's or, another or women, or women most of the time yeah. because women were usually they would use men as reference and mm. then get proportions and body just not quite right. Yeah. So it ended up being like you see all these muscular, awesome women, and it's like. One, dope as hell, Herefore but two, it's usually a man. It's usually that their reference were mm. men and they just didn't know. Like when you're making fun of painters being like, have you ever seen a woman? Uh, no. Not really. Because like <laughs> women really weren't, you know, nude. Yeah. So it was like, no. Oh. Fascinating. <laughs> so babies were similar. You couldn't really get a baby to sit and pose the way you wanted. So a lot of times they would just draw adults and then be like, make them small. Yeah. And that's why they're fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, continue. I just love that fact. No, it's that's so cool. funny.
0: <laughs> so some folks will interpret his so it was originally in French. And mm-hmm. so there's I think sentiment is the word. And so yeah, some people sure. were like, Oh, that's idea. He some will argue he meant to say feeling. Mm. So some folks say that he wrote the idea of childhood did not exist. Okay. But he or other people say that he intended to say the feeling of childhood did not exist. Which both I could understand. Yeah. Yeah. And regardless of that. The point was that childhood was not viewed as a meaningful or protected stage of life. That second bit is important. He's not saying like, we just thought those adults were really short. (laughs) But more like, yes, they are slightly smaller humans right now, and there's nothing exceptional about their morality or purity. Okay. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Yeah. So he also pointed out that high mortality rates for children meant that parents were less affectionate and attentive to their offspring. Because I, they didn't want to get
1: attached to something that might not make it very long. Yeah, I just read a fact about child yeah. mortality rates today. Why, I don't know why, but yeah. I did. About how people are like, yeah, people used to die at like 40 back then. And I'm like, oh, no, turns out kids were just dying at such a young yes. age that it brought down the... Yep. I never even thought about that, but yeah. Oof. Yeah, so it's like the life expectancy numbers
0: are skewed by the fact that there was high infant that mortality. That kids were making yeah. it, yeah. Uh, so his theory was like, why would you invest in something if you're not sure it's going to last till five? Hulk. yeah so that was one of his points <laughs> don't get attached <laughs> arms distance Why name it, you know <laughs> uh, number one number two what happened to seven
1: <laughs> we don't talk about seven
0: uh so to put it simply some scholars disagreed okay with him. uh some point out literary evidence that shows parents mourning the loss of their children yeah. as a clear refutation of his assertion in the decades since the publication his ideas have not held up <laughs> uh, but I'm still including his work here because many scholars find utility in examining it. I think it's super interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the articles I read was exceptionally kind or incredibly passive aggressive. Don't know which. Uh, hard to tell sometimes, hard you know? To tell? Direct quote Although the above discussion suggests that Aries might have been somewhat flawed in his assumptions, scholars such as Archard provide a useful way of restating the conclusions that can be derived from his work okay so so kind but
1: also like we think it's (laughs) dead yeah
0: so my reading of this is basically like his hypothesis was incorrect and his data was bad but he pointed out that we should be looking at something yeah uh interesting and our shard was more or less like there was a distinction between childhood and adulthood but it wasn't our distinction it's not the same distinction that we have now and so that point shows that it is subject to change over time Childhood has not been like this omnipresent state that has been universally understood as meaning the same thing to different cultures. Right. And I mean, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Because like, yeah, times have changed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is where we get into social constructions and we can track the changes in societal valuations of children and childhood as like a stage over time. So in the 18th century, we're jumping forward a little bit. Uh, in the 18th century, Rousseau put forward that children were inherently good mm-hmm. and that childhood was a treasured stage. Children are not just adults published at TBD, but there is something special and unique about the years they spend as pre-adults. Right. Other writers picked that thread up, like Blake, who added that children are not only innocent, but a source of innocence. Mm-hmm. And Wordsworth got in there, too, and extolled upon the virtues of children. These are just three among many authors. Right. But- They started to posit that childhood is a time of innocence and children are pure beings. Okay. Now, if you look at Puritan lines of thinking, (laughs) they uh, saw children as inherently sinful and they needed harsh, like harsh corrections and oversight from their parents in order to make sure they don't like deviate or not deviate, but don't just become like... Exist as sinful creatures. Basically, they need harsh upbringing to rein in their natural tendencies towards
1: evil. become pure. Like, okay. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. And so, like, I am really, really condensing this history. There are so many other stages that it's gone through. Uh, So, I'll get into it. Uh, But then we think, okay, so there's the 18th century children innocent pure. But what about, like, factory...
1: Workers. (laughs) Yeah, that was what I was thinking. I was like, yeah,
0: They were indeed uh, forced to work in horrific (sighs) conditions. And the works of those authors were brought in by folks saying, like, children as innocent beings should be spared the harsh realities of adulthood. Right. So basically, get the kids off the assembly line. They're too pure for this world. So, (laughs) well, capitalism was like, get them in there. Their fingers are small. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. The people were like, but do you remember when Rousseau said that children (laughs) Children. are pure little beings of light? Uh, So then, this led to the widespread implementation of mass education, which is another force exerting power over children. Follow the rules, or you meet the ruler. Right, uh, like legit corporal punishment to enforce good behavior. That's a book on its own. And it's also how white colonizers justified stealing indigenous children and oh. forcing them into, quote, residential schools. Also a book on its own. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Rooney.
0: So we're going to jump over a lot of important historical moments and eras because it's really hard to cover decades in one say, corner. A lot, lot, lot of time there. <laughs> but suffice to say, there was this societal shift or like series of shifts yeah. towards seeing children like as our future. Instead of like, these are pre-adults and whatever, eventually they'll work. And then children must be protected at all costs because they're so innocent. Like there have been There's so many different, yeah. So basically the TLDR is children, like childhood has not always been seen as an innocent stage of life. So we also have this paternalistic and patriarchal society. So this children as our future isn't... Like children are our future, so we should foster creativity and problem solving and take them seriously. But it instead turns into children are a precious asset that we absolutely can't risk. And also they're little babies with no thoughts, no wisdom, and no ability to make good choices for themselves. <laughs> so this leads <laughs> to the feedback loop of we have to protect children. So they'll make sh- so we'll make sure they're absolutely ignorant of the dangers of the world and put adults in charge of the same people that we're making more vulnerable by not taking them seriously. Oh god. Okay. Feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, I'm not saying let kids drive. What I am saying... Don't even
1: let me drive, bro.
0: (laughs) What I am saying is that broadly, institutions do not cultivate the skills or allow the autonomy that would allow children to flourish to their detriment and ours. And this is absolutely not a dig on teachers or educators. I have nothing but admiration for my teacher friends and just educators at large. I have an issue with standardization and institutionalization. Mm -hmm. After that Brief treatise. (laughs) I just had to go there. Uh, We can get back to how we leverage childhood as a society. Right. So after all, this is a horror movie podcast. And we've talked moral panics, and we'll talk about them again. It's a common thread throughout many um, stories that we've covered. Mm -hmm. And the common thread about those is the safety of our children. Yeah. So the backlash against bills that would allow trans folks to piss in peace. Or the TV shows that feature non-binary characters. All of the backlash uses the rhetoric of protecting children. We have to protect our children from the existence of gender fluidity because it's wrong to them, whatever. If I kiss a woman, (laughs) it's going to burn their little eyes (laughs) right out of their noggins. (laughs) Fuck
1: them, they don't need (laughs) their (laughs) eyes.
0: So because we have this societal construction of children as innocent, a position is assumed to be morally right without any evidence necessary if it is, quote, for the children. So you're a bad person if someone is like, you would let the children see this, and you're like, oh God, we love kids, I can't do this. So it's like this seemingly like st- it's a stance that doesn't even require justification because right. someone can just say like, I'm thinking of the children, and everyone's right. like, oh, we gotta think about oh, the children. We have to change it. It's like, yeah. what? So the concept of childhood innocence is being used politically, and it has always also been race based, at least as far oh, as yeah. the U.S. is concerned. I can't pretend to speak for other nations or about their history. But there is excellent scholarship in this field, author citations in the extended show notes, um, that outlines how the concept of childhood was only ever for white children. Yeah. Innocence didn't and does not extend to black children in our popular conscience. So a 2014 Washington Post article, uh, Stacey Patton said, quote, Black children are not afforded the same presumption of innocence as white children, especially in life or death situations. This article was published shortly after the killing of Tamir Rice by police, but could just as easily have been about any number of black children. Any number, which is terrible that there's any number of like, where it's like, we know based on publication date and like the rest of the article, it was about this incident, but
1: it could be any of hundreds of incidents. Yeah, that's the sad thing is I genuinely was like, what what year? I was like, hold on. There were many in my head that I was like, was it this one or this one? Yeah, so <sighs> I know I've gone in a lot of different directions this nerd quarter, so to summarize... Yeah, this is wildly interesting, though, because I have you. no
0: idea. Yeah, so to summarize what we have so far, as a society currently, the value we... nope. <laughs> As a society, the value we place on children and childhood has changed over the centuries. Right. There was a wave of literature and thought that positioned them as inherently innocent, which was in a direct contradiction to earlier beliefs about mm-hmm. children being inherently sinful. Right. And the construction of childhood as a period of ignorance and purity for white children has cemented itself firmly in the US, and groups use this construction as a way to shut down challenges to the status quo. Yeah. How does this relate to insidious? Let's go. <laughs> Dalton is a kid with more power than he realizes who strays too far with it. He's just yeah. a kid. He doesn't know the difference between dreams and reality. Right. His ignorance makes him vulnerable to evil forces. And the nuclear family must unite to save his soul. This movie could just have easily been about Josh. Because he also has the ability to astral project.
1: Josh is the little one, right? Josh is the the dad. Oh. Dalton is <laughs> the child. God, names. You said Internet. Josh and I'm like, do you mean Patrick? Well, is it- <laughs> <laughs> so Josh...
0: Like from his childhood, Right. has this. Um, I mean, subsequent insidious movies do jump around in time. So you do actually get more of like Josh's story, but mostly Elise's story. Yeah, I've never seen the other ones, I but either. yeah, but that's kind of what I read. This movie could have been about Josh and Renee right. and the struggle, but instead they position a child in peril because we have such an ingrained belief that children are inherently good and innocent and that makes them vulnerable and right. that makes it scarier. Right. So TLDR, this movie uses our societal construction of childhood, which is endlessly romanticized, to strike a greater contrast with the evil entity. It preys upon our anxieties and preoccupations to scare us more.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's super interesting. I, maybe I'm just heartless, because every time I see a kid in danger, I'm just like, okay. Like, I mean, if I saw a real child in danger, I'd react. But whenever I'm watching a movie, I'm always like... Scary kid <laughs> so yeah I, scary
0: I just remember it was like what's the word I'm looking for it wasn't like groundbreaking but it was like not destabilizing either because that's negative but it was like this huge like light bulb moment yeah when I heard on a podcast where they said like children have not always been innocent in the way that we construct them like we have put this mantle of like angelic nature upon them yeah in
1: order to further agendas which is ridiculous like it's wild to me that like oh my i don't know i don't know i just get so mad when people are like are you thinking of the kids especially when people are watching things mm. like i'm gonna use lil mass lil Nas. i gonna say lil Nas, but lil mass like his mm-hmm. music and stuff and music yeah. videos every time he puts out music yeah he has to do a thing that's like hey just so you know don't let your fucking kids watch this yeah. And he still gets complaints because people are like, oh, what about the kids? And he's like, I literally said this is not for your fucking kids. Yeah. And, and they just ugh. use it to, to shit on people, basically, to be yeah. like, you shouldn't do this. And I'm like, what I'm hearing is you don't like it. Yeah. But you're trying to justify it by being like, what if a kid saw it?
0: Yeah. Don't and let him see it. I- this isn't me saying, like, children don't need protection. I'm saying that we make them more vulnerable by purposefully keeping them
1: ignorant. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. That's just frustrating, but that is super interesting because that makes sense. It's just something that, I don't know, I've never really thought about. But when you think about it, yeah, it makes sense that kids are innocent. So, of course, you're like, well, let's put them in danger. Yeah, because
0: then it's like, oh, my God, it's a kid. Oh, my God, because... Exactly. Yeah, it's... I really don't want to make this tie, but I'm going to. It's like when a dog dies in a movie where it's like this horrific thing and it's like... You can't kill a kid. They're innocent. They didn't hurt anyone. Like, the most heinous thing is to kill a child. Right. And I'm not saying we should kill children. (laughs) I'm not saying it. I'm just saying that this valuation that we have created and the way it's been constructed and upheld over the decades hasn't always been that way. Right. And it's used in a lot of ways that are not helpful for children and it's used for entertainment like it's used for everything and so i think it's really interesting that it's like this movie could have with a few tweaks to the plot been about josh easily but instead they were like no 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 it has to be a cute little white child right in danger because then people will feel like a lot of tension and like they care about it and it's more unsettling and it creates this like
1: harsher contrast between good and evil. And it's also terrifying to watch a little kid do something so evil yeah. because they're not supposed to be evil. Yes. So yeah, it makes sense when you watch him, like, become this demon. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. OK. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you went that direction. Oh, so cool. Thanks. Now we got to talk about horror, which we kind of just did. Yeah. Kids are scary. Kids are scary, yeah. Kids are so fucking scary. Um, all right. Well, I did my notes on my phone again. Love it. And I didn't take a ton. I told Kate, I was like, this might be a short episode. Only because I just had trouble finding things that I, like, was really excited about. Yeah. You know, usually even if I don't love the movie, I'll still find, like, lighting or something where I'm like, ooh, really cool. But, I don't know. Maybe also it was just, I was tired. Because, like, yeah. I was very tired. Um, let's see. <laughs> I don't even know what this note is about because this is my first note so I don't know where it is but it says I don't like this old woman not because she scares me I just don't like her the bright and black it was she in the beginning Mm -hmm. okay then yeah it must be her I don't remember I thought maybe it was just I don't know
0: it has like the sandlot opening where it's a sick child in bed but then it takes a drastically different route (laughs) it sure (laughs) does oh not sandlot princess bride princess bride Bride. I don't know how I got those mixed up they are not at all the same kids i think it's because in princess bride the kid's playing a baseball game
1: oh yeah he Sam is a
0: baseball movie oh, oh my princess bride
1: oh, um i also this is not about horror but um I, I was a little confused by the matching monkey pajamas did you catch yeah. this i was like is she a child or is she an adult i thought it was like christmas because you know it's a tradition for some families to be like oh we were matching pajamas but then it was just those two like her and dalton and i was like what what is up i like
0: (laughs) i really thought it was just supposed to be like look how much she loves her kid look how tight it was literally
1: just like i don't know it felt it felt like it's cute like don't get me wrong um because my first note was i like her monkey pajamas and then my next note was okay wait why do they match yeah at first i thought maybe she was just supposed to be portrayed as this like sweet innocent cute mom yeah was like look at her little monkey pajamas then her kid matched. I was like, but not her other kids. So I was like, do you just not like that kid? Or are you just like, fuck you. I've got pajamas for Dalton. Like, I legit have in my notes, like, they have at least two children. A third kind of
0: dropped in there. Don't oh, know right. if he's theirs. That's their one. suddenly Foster is at the table. And I was like, is this like a neighbor kid? And like, they go to school together. So he comes over <laughs> in advance. Because like. That's this. It is their son, but they talked about Callie, the baby, and then Dalton. And I was like, okay, this is very, like,
1: two-child energy about this house. And then there's a third kid. I was like, is that even their kid? Dude, we're having the same exact thing, except I was thinking about the baby. I was like, cool, you got two sons. And then all of a sudden she runs upstairs and I'm like, why the fuck do they have a baby monitor? Like their kids are older. And then she picks up this baby and I'm like, who? <laughs> like I genuinely was just so confused. I was like, it's the conjuring. Maybe it's just a thing that we have with James yeah. Wan's movies where he puts one kid in too many. And yeah. we're like, stop it. I can't it's one keep track of that many. many children. Who was it in the conjuring too where we were like, it was the, uh, like Hill? Peter or something? something. John, Johnny, John, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Because then he has this moment where he hasn't done shit. And then and he's like, I have, like be brave. I have to be brave. And we're all like, who are you? Like, <laughs> it was so funny. And it was just similar with this kid. Yeah. She has this moment in the movie, this one, not Conjuring, mm-hmm. where she's like, oh, you won an award? You didn't tell us? And he's like, oh, I didn't want to distract from the Dalton situation, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like who are you? Like, what is happening? How many kids are there? <laughs> the movie didn't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Foster. The movie didn't need him. It didn't need him, but it didn't need the baby either. Because here's the thing. There's this part in the movie. We'll get to horror in a second. First, I want to yell. There's yeah. this part in the movie where it is a cool scare. I will say they did. This is one of the cool scares that we'll talk about. Uh, where she hears the baby monitor. I love using baby monitors yeah. as horror devices in as movies. one should. Because one, again, it's that innocent, like, oh, there's so sweet. you hear your baby. Um, but she hears like talking Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she can hear it upstairs and it's loud and it's very scary. She runs up and there's a man behind like a curtain behind the crib. Very scary. I was like, oh, that's, that's so unsettling. But that's like the one time you see it like around the baby. Yeah. So in my head, when it, and that's a pretty early scare Mm -hmm. in my head, I was like, oh, this is going to be sort of like paranormal activity where it wants the baby, but no, it, it was a, all about Dalton the whole time. Yeah. So why would, why did it fuck with the baby once? And then it was like, ah, I'm actually done. There could have been more of a story to it yep. that I just don't know. No, to me, it was really
0: only like the, like nothing innocent is safe. Like just, yeah. everything is getting fucked around by a okay. like variety of ghosts. And like apparently the extended Insidious universe does actually expand upon each okay. of those ghosts. Because there were multiple ghosts within each of the... the sta- scares. Okay. Um, so like when the door opens or like the hap- the smiling family or right. like the tiptoe through the tulips kid, I like love they, that song. yeah, they all have their own little like stories okay. and reasons for certain scares apparently. But to me, the inclusion of Callie was just to one say, it's a tired mom. Right. She works. She has you know a single mom who works too hard.
1: She loves her job, but she never stops. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not it. <laughs> loves her kids. And loves her kids. Yeah. She loves her job. She's like,
0: fuck my kids. <laughs> And also, if we want to get it right, she works two jobs. She works two jobs. But she does work too
1: hard. She does work too hard. I I stand by that that's the correct wording. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, But I think that the inclusion of Callie and Foster, Mm -hmm. the children, very briefly, are not actually essential to the plot. They're more set dressing. And so to me, the story could have been strengthened in a lot of ways if Foster was removed Right. Because there are other ways to accomplish what you wanted. Right. And like halfway through the movie when they move houses,
1: he goes to stay with grandma.
0: So oh, you're like are right.
1: So like, bye, bye, Foster. I, it felt a little... I think that's why I had a hard time being scared. Is Because like for a long time within it, I just couldn't tell who was the target. Because usually in movies like this, there is like a specific target or yeah. it's the whole family. Because like in The Conjuring, it's the mom. In Poltergeist, it is. Like they want the daughter. Yeah. But in this, it felt like it wanted Dalton, but there was just this weird few, like, scenes where I just had no fucking clue. I was like, oh, they're using Dalton to get yeah. other things. Oh, no, they don't. Oh, no, they want it. Yeah. Like, I think I, w- I would have been more scared if I just, I don't know, wasn't so confused and pulled in so many different directions. Yeah. Because I know, like, what you mean about, like, obviously they're trying to show you that no nothing innocent is safe. Yeah. But it was just a little confusing. Yeah. Like... <laughs> But I will say there were still a few scares that I, I did enjoy. So to put my notes wigs. Honestly, they ain't nothing. Oh, I will say okay, fine. I'll look at my notes a little. Mm. Uh, I did feel like the dad was kind of the worst yes. in the beginning, which I mean that's not uncommon. I feel like we even talked about how in his other movie, The Conjuring, mm-hmm. it was kind of rare because the dad is immediately like, "I believe you and yeah. I want to help." Yep. In this one, you have the classic. I'm too scared. I have of trouble for that. Good. Um. And it's, you know, classic dad being the worst, not believing them, whatever. Um, uh, a few of the scares are pretty cool. Because, mm-hmm. like, you, it reminded me, again, of The Conjuring. We talked about this. This felt like a, like a dress rehearsal for The Conjuring. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So if anybody watches this and then watches that, I think you're going to see a lot of similarities. And I get why. It yeah. felt like this was, like, their first try at a movie like that. Missed the mark but then kept the things that did work yeah. and put them into that one.
0: Like the camera movement yes. where it starts out upside down and then twists mm-hmm. and then like follows through a room in a weird yes. way. Like a lot of that is so traceable
1: from this to paranormal, uh, no, to, to, to conjuring. conjuring. Yeah. And I, I knew that watching it, I was like, oh, these camera shots, I know these. I've seen them and they work yeah. and I am happy about them. But there were just a few, it's almost like it went a step too far. Each yeah. scare in this movie for me was just like, oh, okay, well now you, now it's too much. It also had the
0: quality of The Conjuring 2 that I didn't appreciate with mm-hmm. like gratuitous slow mo. I was like, yes. W-? It wasn't necessary in that moment. Because right. to me, it felt very much like slow mo for drama. And I was like, you could have had a shock just as good if mm-hmm. like when she flattened out the bed sheet to see the red handprint, it was quick. Yes. Because they like slowed it down so you saw it. But I was like, I don't really think that's actually adding to this moment.
1: I think what, for me, what slow mo does in movies unless it's used, like, super well, I I think it, like, takes away from the scare because then it makes it feel like less of a a real-life situation and more like a movie. Yeah. Because there's something about seeing something, how you would actually see it, that makes it scary. Like, I don't know. For me, it always takes away where I'm like, "Eh, unless you do it really well and for a very specific reason, I kind of just don't like it.
0: I think that it has to be used to escalate tension very intentionally. And I think it was overused... But then it brings me to another camera movement thing that really threw me. Yeah. Uh. So, like, in the moments where the dad is, like, locking the door and looking around, the yeah. camera follows him and then overcorrects, where it, like, follows him too far and oh, then comes yeah. back. And so it felt like uh, the way someone with found footage-style things would shoot it. Right. And so it did put you kind of back in it, because it's not a smooth camera movement that's no. very controlled.
1: It felt like someone was holding the camera. Yeah, it felt like a tracking shot that yeah. was, like by someone holding it yeah. and not, like, a stable, like... Yeah, that, that is neat. There, Like I said, there's some shots like that yeah. where I was like, that is cool. And some of the scares with the ghosts, because mm. we haven't really explained it, but, like, the boy is... He's in a coma, but he's mm-hmm. not. Like, he's yeah. basically comatose, but nobody knows what is happening yeah. with him because he's still fine, yeah. but he's just asleep. The doctors can't find a reason yeah. for why he hasn't woken he, up. He, like, fell off a ladder in the beginning, but then he's fine when he, you know, for, like, the first few hours. Yeah. And then he wakes up in the morning. Well, he doesn't wake up. He doesn't wake, wake up. up in the morning. <laughs> That's what it is. He doesn't wake up in the morning. So no one can figure it out. Um, and then ghosts start showing up in the house. Mm-hmm. They move. They're still showing up in their new house. Um... And basically, it's, like, he's astral projecting basically into, like... The further. The further, which is, I'm guessing, some kind of spirit realm is my Mm -hmm. assumption. Um, Yeah. And because of that, there's, like, this door, and some of the ghosts are getting out, and it's, like, mixing the worlds. So that's what you need to know to understand these scares is that a lot of the scares are done with people just appearing in the house and scaring this poor mom... Who works too hard? Single mom who works too hard. Yeah, and like, she's not single. She doesn't she's not. work two she's, jobs. <laughs> she doesn't, but I still well, love she, her.
0: She is working two jobs in that she is a mother right. and a home like taker, right? Home caretaker, whatever. She works really fucking hard because like being a stay-at-home parent is literally a full-time job. Yeah, I 100%. always defend that. And then
1: also she's trying to be a composer and singer. Right. So she has like three fucking jobs, yeah. really. Um. So this poor mom's overworked already. She just moved twice. So I think a lot of the scare comes from the fact that she is exhausted. Yeah. I think they were trying to give us a tiny bit of that unreliable narrator type thing where they're like, oh, she's sleepy. But uh, I think from the beginning, you're kind of like, no, I I believe her. Yeah. Um, And it's like, she wouldn't have put her box in the attic. Exactly. And so, yeah, a lot of the scares come from seeing ghosts and seeing people in places that just don't make sense or stuff like that. You have a hide and clap moment with the ghost
0: kind of. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. I just connected it because I was like, that was one of the like the signature scares in the conjuring. Which is really right? cool. I love
1: it yeah. in the conjuring. I, I don't dislike a lot of the scares with the ghosts in this one. No. Like I said, it's just like it's always just one step too far for me yeah. that like ruins it. Yeah. So one of my favorite moments is there's a scare with a guy on the balcony. Did you do you remember this one? Yes. I like this one. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. I have a qualm. There, there there's this part where they have a balcony outside their window and she can see the shape of someone moving. Pacing. And one of my yeah, pacing. And one of my favorite things about it is that you can see the person pacing, like their outline, but you can also see their reflection in the window. So it confuses you because you're like, is it one person? Oh, it is. That's a reflection. Then all of a sudden the person is in the room pacing yep. and it takes away that reflection. Yep. So it disorients you on this transition, but it's also just super cool yeah. and would freak you the fuck out if it happened. Yeah. To me, that's enough. Yeah. Like, I would have stopped there. But then he lunges across the bed. But then at he her. lunges across yeah. and he, like, ah, yells at her. And it. I agree with you. Yeah, it takes away the supernatural aspect of it to yeah. me. Like, uh, whether you believe in ghosts or not, whatever, I, I, I think, like, a lot of, like, real ghost things that you'll see is, like, or, like, theories that they have um, is that ghosts will just reenact things in their life and mm-hmm. completely disregard you and just, like, yeah. I think that's scarier than anything. Yeah. And I thought that's what they were doing. But then he, like, lunges at her and I'm like, okay,
0: eh.
1: it's just one step too far. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but that is still a great scare. I yeah. do love that moment. I think it's super cool. That um, moment where suddenly he's, like, in the room. Like, yeah, that scared me. That transition is dope. And we do yeah. have, like, similar transitions like that. Not to compare these movies all the time, but he made these um, in Annabelle. I don't mm. love Annabelle, but there yeah. is that moment where she's running through the, the room and she opens the door and all of a sudden she's not a little girl anymore. She's a full adult yeah. and she's busted through this door. Yeah. Oh my God. That That's moment. a really cool scare. Yeah. And it reminds me of this where it's that quick transition that like blink and you'll miss it, but it is a really scary moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that <laughs> this movie feels like he figured it out. Yeah. Like he needed this to be like, Oh, okay. Maybe some of these didn't work. Like one of my biggest pet peeves in this movie is that you'll see the ghosts a lot Um, there's a great scare with the camera Mm -hmm. where he's taking pictures and the woman is, she shows up all of a sudden in the photo. Mm -hmm. For me, that is enough. Mm -hmm. But then she does that weird quick smile and I find that cheesy. It reminds me of like, Something you'd see in like the early two thousands on Tumblr, you know, that was mm-hmm. trying to scare you,
0: mm-hmm. where you're like,
1: "Don't look, oh, it's scary," or it's like you're watching this thing and you're like, "What's the thing in the video?" And then like, ah! yeah, exactly, yeah. like those jump scare videos. It felt like that. It felt kind of cheesy. And this was twenty ten. I don't know. Maybe back then it was really scary, <laughs> but yeah. that smile because the girl showing up, scary. Then she does that. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, yeah. <laughs> like maybe mad. So, like, the when they're in the further and you have the smiling
0: family, mm-hmm. that was creepy. Because, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all, like, totally still. And then he's, like, right up
1: against the dad and he blinks. And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay. That's great. I thought that was effective. Yes. But then, then like the, the, the little yeah. cheesy head tilt smile thing. And I'm like, you've taken it one step too far. Yeah. Just seeing these people live their lives... But their lives are pretty dark and you know that they're dead. Yeah. That's enough for me. Like, I think that's scarier than anything. Yeah,
0: And to me, like, you see them, they're all in one place, you turn around, you look back and they're in different places. Right. But they're still... But they're still just... To me, that's scary as shit.
1: Exactly. And they still look weeping angels type thing. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I think it is watching something sinister and dark live its life around you. Yeah. I said sinister Uh in another movie, but watching something like dark and like that, like live its life around you, and you're just there, and it it doesn't care. I think that's way scarier than all of a sudden making it interact with you,
0: yeah, in a way
1: that it doesn't matter. Like it smiles at them, and you're kind of like, okay, like why, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you you only have like one ghost that really wants to hurt them, and yeah, it felt a little inconsistent. It felt like. And I, I don't want to say it again, but it did feel like he was like, look at all the things I can do. And then people are like, oh, we liked this thing you did. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do that extra then. Right. So it's like he was showing them all the things he could do. Like, oh, look at this scary pride ghost. Isn't that scary? Even though it felt kind of jarring to be like, oh, now all of a sudden it's mad. And so, yeah, it just felt like he took everything that he wanted to show people he was good at. And threw it into a movie, and even though it didn't make a ton of sense, people were like, "Yeah, no, it is scary." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it did what it was supposed to do because we did get the Conjuring, which is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not going to speak for the other Conjuring movies, no. but the very first one.
0: We already spoke about them.
1: Hell yeah, that first one is good stuff. Yeah. It and is. this felt like it's dress rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. That's really all my notes on horror. It's just that like every scare felt. One, kind of the same. Mm -hmm. And then the camera angles felt so similar to The Conjuring that I kind of didn't have anything new to say. Um, I do want to hear what you have to say about uh, Empty Space or Negative Space. I think that's dope as hell. I I want to hear about it. But yeah, that's most of my notes. Nothing too specific. Lighting was, you know, its own fine thing. I don't know. I didn't really catch anything too wild, really. Yeah. You know, felt like a normal, lit movie. Like it wasn't anything too... I was surprised at how well lit the like demons layer is. Oh yeah, that did Along with all the dolls me. and the sharpening yeah. of the claws. I didn't love it only because I was so confused by it. It made me not really understand what this thing was, which maybe if I had seen the sequels, like I'd understand more. Mm-hmm. But it's like this ghost world is very dark and smoky, which is to be expected. I feel like, yeah, which is why I wasn't too surprised. It is cool though, because yeah. I love that you can't really see anything um very smoky very foggy really neat yeah then you get into this demon layer and it's just super bright orangey almost like really warm tones you can see everything and it just felt like such a wild shift that I struggled to be scared of it because instead I was just confused yeah (laughs) but yeah Uh, I definitely want to hear the negative space for sure yeah I'm
0: opening up um one of the articles that I have cited So basically you're aware of this because you studied art, (laughs) Um, but there are things like the rule of thirds, Mm -hmm. which is about like how to section off your image. You could explain that much better than I can. Um, There's also negative and positive space. Mm -hmm. And so positive space is where your um, image, like the focal point is all the space that is taken up by that Mm -hmm. positive space the background or mm-hmm. the non-focused part of the image is the negative space. Right. Do you feel like that's an accurate Yeah, for sure. summation. Okay. Cuz I'm like this is a very not technical description <laughs> of no, no, just no. like okay.
1: Cuz that's a lot of times too when I talk about like deadpan mm-hmm. deadpan photography and filmmaking is using negative space to be mm-hmm. like what's scary is the fact that your focal point is in this like so much around it that's nothing there that mm-hmm. you have nothing else to focus on. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So if we want to talk about, like, the use of negative space, it's
0: easiest to explain through examples. Yeah. So, like, and It Follows, mm-hmm. the use of negative space is, like, it shows a wide shot, and yes. you don't know where to look. Right. So, if... Okay. um, The example of, like, negative space that shows you where something's going to occur is mm-hmm. Halloween. Remember right. when Lori is in the doorway, and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I have survived, and she's looking down into the right, so her right, the movie maker's left, movie maker... The watcher's left. Uh, (laughs) And she's looking down. And so like the viewer has their look space like foreclosed. Like you don't see what she's looking at. She's looking off screen and it's closed right there. Mm -hmm. She is in the bottom left of the screen. The entire right two thirds is open. Mm -hmm. And so you know something's going to happen there. Right. You don't know what it is, but you know something's going to happen there. But then there can also be the use of negative space where it's like, It's not sectioned off that way. You don't know where it's going to come from. Right. It's just negative space. It's just negative space. And so there's this really cool scene in um, Insidious Yeah. where, uh, remember when the door slams open? Yes. And um, he's like going through trying to figure out like what the fuck. Mm -hmm. And he like looks outside and he like picks up a flashlight and the camera pans wider so you see the other room, the wall and him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, What's going to happen? Right. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. But you're like expectant because it's like you showed me all this space and I'm going to fill it with my predictions or my fears. Yeah, exactly. And it makes you wonder. So like in It Follows, you don't know what form the creature will be taking, the entity. You don't know where it will be. You just know it is always following. Yeah. And it's slow, but it's insistent. Yeah. And so the use of negative space like opens up this like dread and tension and- Fear of the Unknown. For sure. And uh, so, like, it follows an excellent example of that. Um, People talk about Ringu, Sinister. Yeah. Um, I'm, like, going through the list. Elsewhere, haven't even seen that one. No, I haven't either. And, like, they talk about Fight Club. So I think uh, Elsewhere is technically, like, not a horror film. Mm -hmm. Um, And Fight Club, obviously, is not Um, (laughs) horrific for different reasons. Yeah. But... I'll put all of my articles for negative space, but I didn't do my like deep deep dive. Right. So I just have like my yeah yeah, yeah. stuff, but I want to do like I'm gonna get some screen grabs of scenes in that are like yeah, and then sick. like outline the positive and the negative space, and then be like the anxiety is in
1: this area. Yeah. I feel like we had a lot of that too in Thirty Days a Night. Um, yeah. Because like like I remember I was trying to describe my favorite shot, I couldn't find it. Um, I can't find it anywhere. But my favorite shot is like of that weird thing where you can have the triangle and, like, everyone's framed in it. A lot of that has, like, negative space too Mm -hmm. because you have this whole section at the top where, like, nothing is happening, Mm -hmm. but it's just used to, like, frame them, and I love it. (laughs) I'm just glad that you talked about it. Because it can be
0: used to, like, make you see how small humans are. Mm -hmm. It can be used to make you, like feel isolated or vulnerable or alone. But right. But it's also just opening up to the unknown. And yeah. I
1: love how it can be used. They did it really well in this movie mm-hmm. with um, the foggy area. Because, mm-hmm. like, that is a lot of negative space. One, yeah. because it's nothingness. Mm-hmm. You don't even get out. You do get eventually get, like, outlines of, like, a kitchen, a couch, mm-hmm. like this. You will eventually see things within the home. But for a lot of it, he's just walking through darkness yeah. with, like, fog and... It gives you that, like you said, the sense of dread of like, what the hell is in the fog? Is something going to pop out? Mm -hmm. And nothing really does. Um, But it is just like not knowing what is happening in this huge amount of space that Mm -hmm. you're forced to look at so scary. And like those types of
0: things are super effective for me because I am always trying to predict what's going to happen. Right. And so I'm trying to guess where the jump scare will come from. Yeah. And so when it subverts my expectations, I'm like, oh, you got me.
1: And I'm like angry, but I love it. See, it gets me in the opposite way because I'm like, like I'm like, oh, yes, calmed by the negative space because I'm like, oh, there's just nothing to look at. My brain can focus on this one thing. And then boom, it'll get me. I'll be like, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was safe.'" <laughs> but it did do that really well like just because i'm shitting on a few things in this movie i didn't hate it i just think that it you can tell that it was clearly like almost an audition to just be like see i can do things yeah um and i could feel that especially knowing it i mean i went into it kind of knowing that so i feel like maybe i'm at a disadvantage to like it um and we had just covered all of his other movies so we knew what to look for and what camera angles that like like there's a really good one in this one where the mom is looking for, looking for Dalton, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and she's running from room to room, mm-hmm. and it's just staying in one spot, yep. and you're just seeing her run, and you 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 never know like which way she's gonna come out of, and mm-hmm. she has just a flashlight, and so it's really disorienting and cool, um, and again, kind of uses that negative space because you can't really see the rooms, you just know she's running around, yep. and it's this long hallway super cool, love that shot, but we've seen it before, Yeah, it was totally a shot, not shot for shot, just the style is there, like, you can totally see. I feel bad, like, because I think I've
0: seen this movie before, but I didn't really remember much of it, Yeah, and so I am considering it in the light of knowing The Conjuring, and Paranormal Activity, and Blair Witch, so, like, some of those movies came before, like Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity, but right. I also have exposure to all the movies
1: after that we've covered, right. and so I'm
0: judging it against the things that might have been inspired by it,
1: right? Which so, is unfair, but yeah, and it's not like I, I regret a little bit doing this one after all those, yeah, because like I didn't really know that this was like a movie he made to you know to, to be able to make those until we saw those. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, if we watch this now, like (laughs) I didn't realize how much it would influence my uh, feeling about it. Yeah. Because even though I did see this movie before when it first came out, I remember seeing it in theaters. I was pumped. Oh, damn. I remember it scared me. I remember it scared the shit out of me when I first saw it. But then seeing, I haven't seen it since. Yeah. So then seeing it now was kind of like not a letdown. I think it was just that because I knew what it was made for and I knew what came after it, I'm kind of like, oh, okay,
0: this is practice. This was, like, a pretty early movie in my scary movie journey. And I watched it with my dad, who I watched most of yeah. my scary movies with. And I was like, oh, that's scary as shit. And then
1: I promptly forgot about it. Exactly. Here's the weird thing, is I remembered a lot of this movie. Mm. I forgot the, the astral projection, like, aspect of it. Yeah. But I remembered, like, all the scares for the most part. I had, like, a really intense memory of, like, the kid running around to the music. Yeah. I just weirdly remembered so much of it. And I wonder if that was either... Bad or good? Because I, I just kept knowing when things were going to happen as well. Yeah.
0: I pretty much only remembered the Darth Maul guy. Darth Maul. And yeah. the further. Those are the only two parts right. I remembered. I remembered the demon face. Yeah. And the fact that they had to go into another realm. Yes. I didn't remember how or why. I just knew that it happened.
1: Yeah. So. I think this movie just had a lot going against it on accident. Yeah. Like, I don't think that it's a bad movie. No. I think if you like scary movies, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a neat um, premise, too. I um, think... I'm interested in like
0: the rest of the series. Yeah, too. I'm
1: I'm curious uh, to see because I've obviously only ever seen this one, mm-hmm. and I, I'm getting a backstory on the ghosts might make me like it more.
0: Yeah, it's so, possible. My understanding of it is like there's chapter two. There's like there are four so far, I think, and there's I a fifth so. like in the works. Oh, and at least one of them focuses on Elise and her backstory. Oh hell yeah, okay. yeah. And then, like, one of the – I think chapter two takes place immediately after Yeah, that makes one. sense. And then the other ones are, like, okay, well, we're going to go into, like, Elise's backstory. Yeah. And then, like – I don't know. It fleshes out a lot of the universe and a lot of the ghost stories. Yeah. And so, to me, like, I really do actually want to see – like, the reasons behind a lot of the scares. Yeah. Because all this, like, collection of random
1: hauntings, I kind of want to see the ghost being like, this is really going to get her, huh? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like because I don't have a reason for why, like, that guy lunges her. I don't have a reason why they're, like, doing this. It, yeah. it doesn't scare me because I'm like, I don't know what your intentions are. I don't know. Like, um, I'd love to see, you know, the the other movies to see what it's all about. And it does a good job at that. It does it does a good job at, like, want making you want to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Which is neat. Um, I did, oh, what was I going to say? There was one thing that I, I did like, and I was like, oh yeah, I want to talk about that. And then I immediately forgot. <laughs> oh yeah. Such is life. Maybe I it'll swear. come back to me. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but I'd love to see Lee's story for sure. I think she's a cool character. Yeah. Um,
0: Apparently even after death, she is a main character in the
1: timeline where she's like, I'm a ghost and I'm going to help you. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I'd be intrigued to see the third one um, mm-hmm. because that's directed by the, the writer or mm. the- Yes. Lee wan third one. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd like to see it directed by someone else, not because I don't love James Wan because I yeah. do. Um, I just, it'd be cool to see what someone else does with yeah. the movie and if they do anything different that would be really cool. Yeah. It's sometimes hard to not write off sequels, especially when there's so many of them, because you're kind of like, I've seen this movie. I'm not going to watch all these, whatever. But then, you know, you hear like, oh, it's directed by this person. And then you're like, shit okay <laughs> yeah
0: and i was going through the tropes and yeah. there were i had to skip so many of them because i couldn't find a page that was just for the first the in first. the franchise it was like these are the tropes across the franchise and so all the spoilers like right i'm like god damn it's chapter two and i like had to keep scrolling it's like i want to <laughs> <Like>, know <shit. laughs> so like that's why i want to watch i want to know
1: i think yeah i think it'd be kind of nice to usually we don't cover sequels unless it's like really good but yeah. i'd be intrigued to do these ones maybe yeah. especially the third one to see because it's a different director yeah um, yeah, I've been i would be intrigued. I've been burned before. When we watched fucking Descent, Descent the second Descent is That's so disgustingly bad. It's so bad. Not even in like a, like it's funny bad, but it's, it's almost so bad. It's not funny. Like, yeah. It feels like they're trying to make you hate the first one. I don't understand. And it's like all the things that we loved about the first one were undone. Like
0: the way that the lighting, every single source of light is justified in the first one. And the second one, they're like,
1: lights on! It literally looks like the well-lit cave. And I'm like, it's supposed to be the same. Like, what are you doing? And then they show like uh, the entity is shitting in a pit. Literally pooping in a pit. And I'm like, the blood pit was the best part. So you thought, what's the next best thing? Shit shit pit. (laughs) Love a shit pit. I I just... I highly recommend watching it just so you can be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Wait, if you ever want to see the worst sequel ever, there you go. Yeah. Which is why I'm so hesitant because I'm like, are they going to destroy the movie I just watched? Um, or are they going to enhance it? I'm always so worried. Yeah. But I'd be intrigued. These ones actually, these ones seem pretty cool. I think I'd watch these. Yeah. Sinister also has a shit ton of sequels. Yeah. Which is why I keep getting them confused Because they're franchises. And it's
0: like, and they're similar naming <sighs> devices. Like,
1: Sinister does freak me the fuck I out. I don't, I don't know if I've seen it. Oh, I <laughs> If you, you would know if you'd seen okay. it. It's fucked up. Okay. It terrifies me. I mean, okay. I, I still think about it and I'm like, I hate it. Like, it's one of those weird ones that like, e- even though it is just a classic horror film, it scares the shit out of me. Got it. So maybe okay. someday. But maybe someday. for now, I don't hate this movie. I think okay. it just was unfortunately hindered by like everything I knew, you know? Like yeah. it's not its fault. Yeah. Necessarily. It just, yeah. I think that it was. For its time, probably pretty scary. Mm -hmm. I think that I've just watched a lot of really good ones lately that are by the same person, seeing what they can do when they're even better and do really good stuff.
0: I think also if I hadn't already seen Paranormal Activity.
1: Yeah. Or it gave me such strong vibes of Poltergeist. And I know it was probably inspired by that maybe a little bit. um, But having just watched that not that long ago, I was kind of like, oh, it's like Poltergeist. (laughs) Like I just kept comparing it to other movies. Yeah Um, because
0: there are like three really strong ties. Like the conjuring, because obviously it's James Wan and loves a haunted family. And then paranormal activity for the fact that it's not the house it's haunted, it's It's you, and then culture guides for the
1: child aspect and like a lot of it just felt like all these movies kind of combined. But mm. still good. I think it just yeah. Yeah. So cool. All right. Scariest moment. Oh hell yeah, scariest moment. Um I think I think I've got mine if you've got yours. Yes. Do you want to
0: go? Sure. Okay. So this one might be more about my anxiety and like actual OCD. Yeah. I don't say it as like, oh my God, I like to organize pencils. No, like I actually do have like some OCD. It's, true. <laughs> it's fun. It's great. I love it. It's
1: <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's
0: so good for everyone. Maybe we love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for me, it was like when the alarm is going off and like he goes downstairs and the door is open. He just leaves the fucking door wide open. Oh, I hate that. and I was made me like, so nervous. I was like, what are you doing? It's also bad scientific design because that's a variable that you need to account for. And to me, it was sloppy and it was poorly thought out. And so he's walking around the house, like looking for something. And I was like, you shut the door. That's what you do first.
1: And so the entire time I was just like, the door's open. I don't know what the point of this is. <laughs> it was so stressful that God. I was like, this is scary. I clearly blocked this out because you're saying it now. I'm furious. <laughs>
0: Why? Why would you not close the door? And then he comes back and the door's closed. was well, scary. I get it. But why wouldn't you have closed it in the first place? It'd be scarier <laughs> if he closed it and then he came back and it was open again.
1: <laughs> the I demon did so... him a fucking favor. The demon was like, close your fucking door, dumbass. Like, like, like don't let the cool out. <laughs> Air conditioning is on. <laughs> We're not trying to heat the outside. <laughs> it was just, that's, oh yeah, that kind of scary. Anyway, <laughs> it's good, it's good. <laughs> Um, okay, I think I've got mine. <laughs> that was a good choice. <laughs> um, my scariest moment, uh, I actually just changed as you were talking. I was mm. like, oh shit. And I remembered one that I was oh, like, oh yeah, it really got me. Um, I really liked when, uh, Ana- I just said her name like a little bit ago. Elise? Elise. Sorry. Mm. Uh, when Elise is going through the house and she's like, leave the lights off. And she's, you know, trying to see what she sees. Mm-hmm. And she's, she looks at the ceiling and just yeah. gets all pe- like, yeah. petrified. But also angry, like she's yeah. pissed, and she's whispering the description yep. to the like guy who's really drawing fast. it, and he's drawing it as fast as he can. And He's literally telling her, "Like slow down, like I can't." And she's just, I she's you know, like, no, you right? can't hear her, so that's even scarier. Mm-hmm. You're just getting like bits and pieces of it, and you, I, th- I don't, I don't remember if we've seen him at that point a little bit, like the demon Darth Maul. I think we maybe have got a glimpse of him at this point. So I think maybe we kind of know. Yeah. I don't remember what happens first. This is after this is after you see him behind Patrick Wilson. Got it. Got it. Got so it, we have that. seen him. Yeah. So I think like you know a little bit of like what it's going to be, but it's it's not necessarily the fact that he's, you know, the demon. You've already seen him. Yeah. It's the fact that he's just like perched up mm-hmm. there, like I'm trying to do the pose for Kate. Yeah. It, he's like perched up there really scary and it just is Freaky that no one else can see it, and like, and she's so intent, and yes. she's like, won't blink, she won't take her won't eyes like, off she of it, she won't stop describing it, even though he's like, please, I need to draw, and she's this. Like, I gotta get and this she out, gotta get it out, and the mom is freaking out, the mom's turning the lights on, she's just like, stop it, like she's so upset because she's like, I just want to know, uh, it's just a cool moment, it's a cool moment, yeah. and again, it's got the negative space because you don't see anything, there's nothing mm-hmm. on the ceiling, but you're imagining what she's seeing, and it just yeah. and she's does a cool job, so intent, she's so intently staring at it. So it's just really cool. Yeah. Um, and I like that it happens with like everyone in the room. Like it's not like she's having this private moment seeing this demon. It's like everyone's there and she doesn't care because she can't look away. Yeah. Super cool moment. Yeah. I think that's dope. Um, so like they do a few scares pretty well. Oh Yeah. For sure. Um, I I thought thought they were like good
0: scares. Yeah. I just
1: think that the narrative elements just weren't super solid. Yeah. Narrative elements were weird. And again, just like one step too far. I feel like they were like super scary and then they'd smile and I'd be like, stop it. (laughs) I would get so mad. Yeah, But still, it was still cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. Are you ready for tropes? I'm so ready for tropes. Okay.
0: So (laughs) um, I'm trying to think what order in which to do these. Uh, Okay. So I'm just going to do some basic ones first. Okay. Nightmare fuel coloring book. Yeah, we had this with the way we have this. Yeah. Yeah. So often these are seen as like ramping up the tension in like a first sign that maybe my kid's not okay.
1: But I remember this part and it made me furious. Keep going. I'll describe it in a minute. Uh
0: huh. But here it's shown after shit has already hit the fan and he's like, oh, I wish i paid attention to my kid's drawings
1: before. That is what made me so mad is yeah. I'm like, for real? Yeah. None of you. You've been living with this kid for like, what, a, almost a year now? And you're just like, Oh shit, drawings. When your kid's in a coma, you look at every drawing Everything. he's ever made. Not only that, but like your kid's in a coma, right? You miss him probably. I've never lost like a family member like this, but I can imagine you would go through their stuff mm-hmm. and like be like, oh, I miss him. Oh his drawings remind yeah. me of him. But you spend instead, time like, pouring over it. They would just w- would they walk into his room and avert their eyes They'd be like, it's not my stuff to look at. His art's but private. Like, yeah, what? Just look at his They could have solved this so quick. Because when he, when Patrick looks at him, he goes, oh, my son, I should have known. I'm like, yeah, man. What the fuck? (laughs) It's like, yeah, your memories were locked. But at the same time, your
0: child literally has pictures of a demon that he's drawn, a scary man. And then he says, at night, I watch myself sleep and then I fly away. I'm like, okay, cool. Kids have imaginations. That's dope as fuck. Right. But in the context of seeing everything together, maybe... After
1: he's in a coma, you're like, this is concerning. His memories were locked, but his fucking eyes weren't. Yeah. Look, use your eyes, buddy. I was furious. I was just like, not only at him, I was just like, you too, wife. What's her name? Renee. Renee. Spelled the worst way. What is it
0: spelled? R-E-N-A-I. Oh, come on. I know. (laughs) Stop. It was a very Mika moment. Oh, And I got so
1: mad because I'm like, it's Micah. But I was mad at everybody. I was like, the son didn't notice the baby. She should have said something. The baby should have said something. (sighs) Come on! Come on, yeah. Sorry, so, continue, but that I re- that brought it up, yeah, and I remembered it, yeah. and I was like, come on.
0: Uh, let's see. I'm going to combine three of them. All right. Uh, so then, I'll do that in a moment. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. Ah! So we have just, like, the very basic, like, plucky comic relief. So, right. like, the balance of humor with yeah. Tucker
1: and Specs. Did you notice that is also something that happens in The Conjuring? Yeah. Is that the people that are the comedic relief are, like, the ghost hunters yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, then you have the psycho strings,
0: so it's like the scare chord. Oh, okay, um, that's the trope name. But I think when you're talking about like stringed instruments doing that, like, ding yeah, thing, it's called a sting. Oh, um, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't been in the music world in a long time, uh-huh. and certainly not to that level. Um, <laughs> I can play a few songs on piano. <laughs> I play that baritone. I, I don't know nothing. violin. Uh, but no, like you know, in psycho, that ding, 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 yeah, yeah, ding, like that's been so parodied and so like replicated that it's like. A, a trope now, yeah. And so, like, they had that very, like, jarring... Ding. They like, had it, like, constantly. It happened a lot in the yeah, movie. Where, like, they're running on, and just like... Jur, 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 or, like... <laughs> do you like my music?
1: It's really good! <laughs> <laughs> did you do the soundtrack? Shit. Joseph Bishara who? <laughs> I'm so sorry. But I, I love like... <laughs> it. Oh, God. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember that now, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then you have the supernatural-proof father. Mm-hmm. And so this is, like, one of those just evergreen tropes where it's the dad that's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything seems fine. It's like, honey, the chair is floating. Gravity is weird sometimes around like the equator. And I don't I, know. I don't think so. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. yes yeah, So, um, something that I actually really like about this, there's a game that I'm going to run with like a group of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something is Wrong With This House. Oh, okay. Came out recently. It's a really short like one shot mm-hmm. TTRPG but the family is trying to like the... Game master plays the family, and then all the players are monsters trying to scare the family out of the new house. And the family—the father, mother, son, and daughter—are archetypes, and they each have one power to like withstand. I mean, the dad just doesn't fucking see he it. He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can use it once per like either round or game, depending oh, on the power. My God, that's and it, it's just funny. he can just refuse to believe what he sees or like explain it away. <laughs>
1: such a good trope it's so funny to me dad's just like i don't know i don't think that's true (laughs) i don't think you see that yeah
0: so that one made me cackle because of yeah then we have a title drop where she says like insidious
1: ways right and you're like oh like the title
0: (laughs) the insidious from From the the title
1: title? (laughs) (laughs) gotta do it every time (laughs) gotta do it Yeah.
0: yeah uh so then this is where we get into like Three tropes. Yeah. Uh, so the introduction to it is not afraid of you anymore.
2: Yeah. And yeah. this
0: is actually subverted. So it's usually like the idea of the trope not afraid of you anymore is when the protagonist faces their fears and come out on top. And so they're like, I have grown she up doesn't. and like clowns don't scare me. Like I, you can't win, bunch of clowns. Yeah. But in this case, this actually gives the bright and black time to take the reins. Like, because yeah. he's like, you can't scare me. Like, I've overcome. That's from my childhood. Like, whatever the fuck. And she's
1: like, hey, yoink. <laughs>
0: yeah. She's like, oh, well, you left your body alone long enough yelling at me.
1: She, like, backs away like, idiot. Yeah. Dumbass. <laughs> Once <laughs> you know what he's doing, like, she's doing, it's fucking funny. that it's She's hilarious. just like, bye. <laughs> yeah. And so she just fucking takes his
0: body because she's like, you were wasting so you're time. You're fucking around, idiot. Yeah. And so subversion of not afraid of you anymore. Oh, God. And this is what leads into... A trope that some folks have said is "nice job breaking it, hero," mm-hmm. but I think is more aligned with Pyrrhic victory. Okay, but I do want your opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. So, "nice job breaking it, hero," is when they succeed at what they're trying to accomplish, but it actually makes things worse. Right. Okay. So, an example of this would be like if you defeat the big bad, but it turns out that what you thought was the antagonist was actually standing between the world and a greater evil, and you have just destroyed oh, the like-
1: last barrier. I mean, maybe kind of like the wailing, sort of, yeah, like, and, you yeah you know, a We're, version of that, yeah, where they think they're defeating the ghost, and really you're like,
0: <laughs> oops, you're like, oh no, she was the only one protecting this village, yeah. and you just killed her, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that's a nice job breaking a hero, okay, exactly. Cool. Um, and there are a lot of different ways, like permutations, but right. that is one of them. And so some folks say that Josh insisting that he confronts the bride in black is right. an example of this. However, th- I think it's more part of Pyrrhic victory. Okay. And we've talked about it briefly, um, but I think I glossed over it because I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. And I hate being corrected. <laughs> so I was like, burn, burn, <laughs> So I'm
1: just going to dig into that a little bit now that I've watched a few videos to hear how it's pronounced. Remember when I kept saying the guy's name from 13 Ghosts and he uh-huh, wouldn't uh-huh. say it? Totally- I was like, what's his name? Tony Shu. What is it? I'm like, yeah, Tony, you got it. And I was like, <laughs> like, the character's name. <laughs> you wouldn't say his last name, and I didn't know how to pronounce it, and I was hoping you would go, Tony Shalou, and I go, Tony Shalou.
0: <laughs> While we were... I didn't know while we were recording that Nikki did not know if she was saying Tony Shalhoub's name correctly and so I would have helped you but if I'd it, known but we while we were editing Nikki was like beside himself just like losing it like you refused to say it I was like say what at that point I was cackling because I was like hey Kate
1: remember this moment where you just say yeah Tony and I went mm-hmm. <laughs> I was secretly trying to get you to say his last name and I kept going Tony what is and you're like, yeah, Tony. And I was like, come on. Or I was like, yeah, Arthur. You, so that was Arthur's grip. Like, yeah, Arthur's And I was like, say it. Say it. You wouldn't fucking say it. Vampire. Vampire. I, so yeah, that was one of my funniest moments. <laughs> say it. Say shalom. Okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs>
0: I'm begging you <laughs> one more time. Say shalom. <laughs> I'm Thank once you. again asking
1: you. There it is. Once so again asking you to say sure. make that a meme.
0: Oh god. Anyway, Pyrrhic victory.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Uh, one of the videos I watched said Pyric.
1: Mm-hmm. but
0: uh, all the other videos said Pyrrhic, so Pyrrhic. Okay. I'm going with that. And it also sounds better to me, whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, I believe it. So Pyrrhic victory
0: refers to a situation in which someone wins, but at such a high cost that it's questionable whether it was worth it. Okay. So the origin for the name of the trope goes back to the Pyrrhic Wars, mm-hmm. and that's all the way back to two, no, years, 280 to 270 B.C. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why I did it in that order, because B.C. You did, right. Yeah. Anyway, so King Pyrrhus of Epirus, Mm -hmm. I wrote out a phonetic spelling because I was like, Epirus, papyrus, Papyrus. (laughs) it was like on the brain. Uh, So he won several key battles against the Romans, but he lost such a significant portion of his troops that he didn't have enough troops in reserve to make up for those losses. So it wasn't even that he lost like tens of thousands, but it was like the percentage that he lost he could not replace. Jesus. And it was detrimental to the strength of his army. So like right. while his army beat the Roman army, his losses were devastating to future Jeez. victories. Right. So he is quoted by Plutarch as saying, "If we are victorious in one more battle with the Romans, we shall be utterly ruined." Oh, yeah, yeah. And then like there are there are a lot of different like permutations of that quote. I don't know why that word is in my head today. Uh, there are a lot of different versions of the quote. One of them is like we can't afford another win like that, where it's okay. basically yeah. like,
1: we won, but at what cost? <laughs> yeah, that actually makes more sense for yeah. this, I feel like. Yeah,
0: so in this case, Josh succeeds in getting Dalton back home, but at the cost right. of his own body. Right, so he's... and also the
1: cost of, I mean, Elise at that point.
0: Yeah, like... so he stops to prove his child demon, like, I'm not afraid of you, but that gives the bride time to possess his body, kill Elise, and then not only is like a rad lady dead, his family's in danger from him. Yeah. That
1: is a really cool, scary moment too, yeah. to take it back to horror for a second. Oh it's yeah. like When she takes this photo and he goes, why would you do that? Why would you fucking like just yeah. loses his mind all of a sudden? And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because like, I already knew that he yeah. was, I mean, but if you didn't, That's just such a weird, out-of-character thing that it's really scary. Yeah, So, really cool. When I was watching this, I was like, either Dalton is
0: not back or Josh is not back. Right. And I didn't remember which. Like, I just knew that one of them couldn't. Like, because it has to set up something for the rest of them. And, like, it can't end this happily. She just takes his photo so quick
1: and he gets so mad. And it's not that, like, instant anger. He, like, drops his arms and he's just like, why would you do that? Like, he's almost just like, why would you do it? She could have just... So scary. So, yeah, I think it's more the second one because it's like... You can't you can't fuck around again. Like yeah. that's it. You already lost like two people basically at this yeah. point. One that you could potentially get back, but at what God. Like... Yeah. So yeah. thank
0: you for working that one out with me. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got to have a history lesson. That's always yeah, fun. I love a history yeah. lesson. So this takes us to ratings. I think Those think were so. all my tropes. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Um yeah, I think I, I wrote down two. Hold on. My only one was sharpened claws. <laughs> And that's
1: not a good one. Um, I had uh, dueling ghost hunters and mm. oversized flashlight
0: because that's like my favorite. He's gang. bringing
1: out a bigger flashlight. There's always a bigger flashlight. My favorite is when the guy turns on his flashlight and then he turns on a huge one behind him and he's just like, "What flashlight <laughs> compensation?" <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, those are the only ones I had because, yeah. because like everything else, it was too easy. You know, I was yeah. like, "Yeah, claws. Yeah, demons." Yeah. And I was like. Oversized flashlights. Oh what? yeah, oh yeah. I'm here for the flashlights. Let's <laughs> do oversized flashlights. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I think. I think I know. What I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. One, let's do it. Two. Hey!
0: <laughs> Yay! We did the same. Uh,
1: we both gave it three and a half. Yeah. Um. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You can go. Okay. Um. Three and a half. Um. Because. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. I don't dislike this movie. The way I talk about it makes it sound like I fucking hated it, yeah. and I didn't. I just think that, like, it's not the movie's fault. I just know too much information about, like, the person who made it and yeah. everything now and the history of it to love it, you know? Yeah. like And I do think the scares are just, one like I said, one step too far. Yeah. So it's really close to being, like, a four. Yeah. Um, it's really scary, but it just kind of scares kind of it's like they they go they go up they go up and then just right down because of that one thing that takes it too far um so I like it and I do like the interesting camera shots the negative space is super cool um I think the cinematography is pretty Mm -hmm. I think that I've just been so used to the cinematography already being so similar in the other movies that we've already rated and loved Mm -hmm. that I kind of just felt like I was watching a not as good version of those yeah Um, it's still good. Yeah. You know, if you like horror movies, I'm not saying don't watch it. Definitely check it out. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's interesting. Like it's, it's a cool premise. Yeah. Um, and I like it. So.
0: Yeah. I agree. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's basically like, I just don't think this one did anything exceptionally unique. No. And that's what I want to give something more stars. So like American Werewolf in London had this gorgeous combination of humor and horror and it was not, like, new, but it was, like, done really well. Or, yeah. like,
1: I'm trying to think of a, one that I gave more stars. Oh, well, I mean, we gave Conjuring a yeah. lot of stars, not because it did anything groundbreaking, but because it just did... Did it really well. Did it really well. And so,
0: to me, like, it, it went overboard with some of the scares, yeah. which I think made it less effective, mm-hmm. and it didn't have a new storyline. A lot of people are like, oh, it, like... Opened up new doors for the genre, and it's like it may be, but maybe, but to me, it's not like the shining gem of the genre or subgenre, right? And it also like a lot of people are like, oh, it brought in like um, what's the word? Were you the dream thing? Astral projection? Astral? I was my brain was stuck on lateral, and I was like lateral projection. That's not it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, they were like, oh, yeah, it introduces astral projection. And I was like, that didn't really take off in it any did huge not way. Off.
1: It's definitely cool. And, and that's cool. why I'm saying watch it. Like, it's yeah. interesting. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, this, to me, is a movie where it's like, I don't have major qualms with it more than the ones that I always have. Right. Which is, it's all white people. It's all white people. It's, yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, normal. Yeah. And... Uh, It's just to me not like an exceptional movie. No, it's a good one. Like it's scary. Watch it, but I don't think it's like
1: top tier. It's not just. It's just not one that you remember super super long. You know, like I think Conjuring sticks with you because it is really good at making this movie. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a classic haunted movie, but it just does it so dang well that you remember it. Yeah. Um. He did have another scare in this one with a cabinet, and I was like, that man loves a wardrobe scare. A cabinet. We love a wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) So. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's still good. It was yeah. just, it was clearly a practice yeah. round,
0: and that's okay. So <laughs> we both gave it three and a half oversized... Over- flashlights, yeah. Yeah. Is it oversized flashlights? oversized? flashlights. Okay, so that's seven oversized flashlights total. Yes.
1: Yeah, not Excellent. bad. Okay. Not Yeah, that's, that's a respectable amount of flashlights. Yeah. didn't hate it, didn't absolutely love it, but I still think that if you like horror movies, throw it in the rotation. Yeah, watch it. Still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that wraps up our discussion of Insidious. Yeah. yeah.
0: Excellent. So... If you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Spotify or Podcast Addict. That was it. Podcast yeah, Addict. Yeah, that's an Android one. I yep. used, When I had an Android, I used that yeah. pretty much exclusively. Go um, for it. Yeah. So Apple Podcasts is the one that is probably the most popular, yeah. but anywhere you listen, rate and review. It yeah. makes us feel awesome. It's really cool to see like yeah. what you write. and. It's nice. <laughs> I ran Spread out of things to say. too.
1: Yeah. You don't, you know, if you're like, oh, I don't really want to wait and review. Yeah. Even just sharing it with a friend. If yeah. you're like, you might like this.
0: Super dope. dope. We'd love that. We'd love it. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter, mm-hmm. at Just Goal With It, where every Wednesday we'll post the movie for the week. And if it's streaming for free somewhere, we'll say you,
1: this yeah. one is only rentable. Yeah. I think I put, that was like, usually it's like Apple TV or Amazon, yeah. so.
0: You can also check out our extended show notes on our website, mm-hmm. justgoalwithitpod.com. And the website is undergoing a rehaul.
1: <laughs> We're getting Reha- there. Re- a, a re- revamp, a revamp, overhaul, a, an overhaul.
0: I don't know words anymore. It's getting something. I almost said there are too many plates in the air earlier today. I was like, no, it's too many balls in the air, or like juggling too much you on your said plate. It, though, and
1: I was like, yeah, yeah too many like plates. on sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like
0: on yeah, but apparently, it is not the phrase. Anyway, well, I like this. It. Is all to say I mix up my idioms constantly, and I'm struggling. <laughs> But you can look at our extended show notes, and that's yeah. where we put the memes we reference, my sources, A lot of cool citations. stuff, all the articles and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you could also take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash it. <laughs> We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons, Kim, Kelly, Nehar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg,
1: Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, and Darby. Woo! Woo! First try, baby! Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to the outtakes! Nope. <laughs> but if you want to, that's a Patreon thing. So, eh. <laughs> um, yeah, Patreon's dope. We do yeah. some really cool stuff. Um, we do live horror streams every mm-hmm. month, and we also do like uh, Simon Simul-watch. uh, Watches yep. where we just watch a movie and talk on Discord. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Little stuff like that. Uh, yeah. uh if you want to watch me get absolutely terrified playing until dawn yeah that's in the patreon yeah that's in the patreon and it, it's great too because like I, i'm working on the video now but uh we make the video of it so if you jump in to the patreon late and you didn't see the live stream like our past ones they'll uh they're on youtube yep. so you can always like check them out and still watch them yep cool stuff
0: yeah the intern outro music was created by anthony roccozella and the cover is by your very own Nikki Zellman. Stop.
1: Our favorite ghoul. <laughs> me. <laughs> Who's trying to steal my audition for ghoul school. Listen, I didn't even mean to. You just said something that shocked me and my yeah. body went <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's just so. giving us our best ghoul to end with. Yeah. <laughs> All right, are you ready? I'm going to give th- sweet 3, 2, 1 and give okay. me your best okay. ghoul. Tell me who you had the best ghoul in the, on our oh, social and media. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, well, it's me. Uh, 3... Two, one. Ooh.
2: Ooh.
1: <laughs> I got two in my head. How are they gonna tell who's who? <laughs> I was the best. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm begging you one more time say
2: Shaloub <laughs>